0: taking Talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real-time take your 24 hours of commercial free programming.
1: Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out SeanTGree.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green
0: Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. Alright everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host for the next uh, 50 minutes or so. And uh, I'd like to welcome, it's a two for Thursday, guys. Two for Thursday, we got comedian Nicholas Rutherford, fan favorite on The Green Room. Thanks for coming
2: on again. Hey, no problem. It's a pleasure. pleasure is always mine.
0: Yeah. Filling in for Logan, I guess, or uh you know, Logan he might be showing up later here. And we also have first timer on the program, Rob Christensen. Rob, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. Hopefully a future fan favorite. Yeah. Right. We'll let we'll let the, the fans decide. We'll the greenheads, they're a fickle
2: bunch. Now I'm on edge.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a lot of pressure. Nick, yeah. you can't you can't blow your fan favorite status. And now Rob, you know I don't want to upstage because I gotta I gotta just play my position tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, understand. Just just follow follow Nick's lead and we'll we'll be all right. We'll get through this. Uh, Rob, I want to welcome you onto the show. I met Rob. Um, let's see. I met Rob. We were shooting a pilot for Spike Television. It was a reality-based show. Yeah. Rob, uh, tell us about your experiences <laughs> on shooting this pilot with me and with a couple other guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was a pilot. Can I say the name of it? Yeah, sure. yeah, It was uh, uh, America's Biggest Asshole. You got it. And uh, apparently they auditioned and interviewed hundreds of comedians and uh, me and Sean were right at the cream of the crop. We were right up there at the top. As a matter of fact, uh, they had like a double audition interview thing where you came in, you talked to them, then you had to go home, make a video and send the video in of you being an asshole in your home. I didn't do the second part. I was a big enough asshole in the original interview. <laughs> we don't need a video, buddy. You could just blow us off for the next
0: three months. We we'll still put you on the show.
2: Or maybe that was the test. It was right? Like, Look at this asshole. <laughs> well, I, I was,
0: but I was the asshole who was dumb enough to actually follow the instructions. <laughs> but it, I wish I could have a copy of the video. Just me, like doing a handheld video, panning my car, like yelling at, at you know Germans for making this piece of crap, and then ranting on the guy who sold it to me. I don't, you know, if I get a, if I get my ball of anger going, I can. Really really let it loose i remember i remember when i was in there auditioning for the oh, asshole man. video i was going off on the casting director i'm like you're laughing at this right now you're telling me i'm doing a good job but i can look at I can look you in the eyes i know you're a fake piece of shit i've seen people like, <laughs> oh, i'm gonna leave this i'm gonna leave this office right now and you're gonna say oh great job and then i'm never gonna hear from you again and it was awkward when I when I met that's, her again. That's
2: the perfect audition because all you have to do is just be a, a fuck up the whole time. You can yeah. come in, blow it, like push the guy's desk over, and like, <laughs> we got th- we got to get this we guy. We got this guy. It was funny because this lady,
0: I think she was an asshole as well. There's there's a lot of assholes in the production, but I remember she, um. She was with her casting assistant and she kept going, Are you getting this? Are you getting this? 'Cause the the girl wasn't writing any notes and uh she she was pretty pissed off about her. So yeah, we uh, we auditioned for this pilot, America's biggest asshole. Now take uh for people at home, take what's it like shooting a pilot and what was it like shooting this one? Uh,
1: you know, it was just the Easiest 400 bucks I've ever made in my entire life. I walked out of the audition and I felt like I don't like myself. I had to ham it up so much to be the guy they wanted, and I made up lies about stuff that I did to girlfriends. I felt terrible about myself when I left. Walking out of the place, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to sell out to Hollywood. This is not going to be the first thing I'm going to do. They <laughs> right. gave me a call three months later. Yeah, so
0: ecstatic. Rent's I was due, like- <laughs> you
1: know. And I'm like, how much is it paying? 250 a day. I'm in. It wasn't even, it was like 200 a day with a bonus or something like that. We got screwed on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it was It, it was like 125 a day, and then they're like, yeah, and you get a $150 bonus, because yeah. they, they tried to tell us the entire time, like, well, guys, since this is going to be a competition, yeah. you, we're going to actually make it like a competition. Whoever's the biggest asshole, we're going to give you the money. <laughs> and we, we quickly realized it wasn't, you yeah. know, that's not how it was going to roll out. Wait. The whole premise of the show, America's Biggest Asshole, I guess it's a novel concept in that, you take two teams, and then you do challenges. One where it's, uh, you know, you being the jerk that you, you know, you're yeah. the real asshole. That side. And then the other side is like a redemption challenge where, okay, you got to put Hi. your asshole ways aside yeah. of you and redeem yourself. <laughs> it was called hide your hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> What were some of the challenges? Like just oh. standing up a girl? Yeah.
1: All right. We, uh, the, the first one was to, to be an asshole. They took us down uh, Flower and Sixth, was it? Downtown. Yeah, downtown. Rush hour, people getting off work, and we had to stand on the street corner and get people to call us an asshole as many times as possible. Hidden camera, vans following us around with cameras. It was, it was a real deal uh, production, and we just had to be mean to people. I called Cops Pigs and said, <laughs> I make more money than you.
0: It was. That
2: it was dangerous. That. Yeah, yeah, it does.
0: But you know, they they were giving us free food and coffee, and they just like <laughs> they they get you in this van, there and you know, uh, Greg Geraldo was was like yeah. the host guy, and he's like, Co- yeah, get out there. Tell I was like, yeah. all right, yeah. I was I was all fired up, and it was obvious I think that there were a couple plants because like you know some people would be walking by, and you could hear like the radio between the producers and stuff. <laughs> it seemed like there were definitely a couple plants because. Someone would walk by and just be like, you're being an asshole. It's, yeah ching Asshole meter. Rating one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I've never really felt bad about anything I've done in Hollywood, but I was just going up to people and just yelling stuff like – fuck all you guys i went up to a uh albino guy and i was like what's your deal are you albino and the guy's like yeah actually i I was like oh man i'd love to talk about it with somebody (laughs) i felt so bad i I wanted to apologize i remember the director he pulled me aside he's like great great work love the energy uh just tone down the racial stuff we can't use a lot of the racial (laughs) stuff I was like, You yeah. told me to say
1: anything. You told yeah.
0: me to be an insane asshole. They told they told you to
1: tone down the racial stuff, but I was walking up to women who got off work waiting for the bus in business suits and be like, How long you been working this corner, bitch?
2: <laughs> that was good though. No racial oh, stuff. Oh, they love that. But keep yeah. Rolling. yeah, keep going on prostitutes, yeah. That's perfect. Is al- so is al- 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 albinoism a race? I don't think. I don't know. Huh. But I, yeah. I was also But he I, was a black I, guy, I so And that I, was the- even when the cameras that was when the cameras weren't rolling, is when they got upset about you just talking to the PAs about it. No, no, no. Huh. That yeah. the, the oh
0: yeah the uh, the races yeah. John yeah. Green. Uh, World no more German PAs, please. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, thinly veiled. Let but, let but, say the, the, one of my favorite things of this whole uh production, this whole pilot, is that you think like you know what? Maybe I'll look like an asshole, but it'll go on TV. I'll take that and I'll start touring. I'll start right. headlining rooms <laughs> across the country. And then I ask Greg Geraldo, I'm like, hey Greg, you know what? Do you think about this? And he's like, you know what, man. I've done hundreds
0: of these things. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds. I've never seen him host a show before, so yeah. he's done hundreds of these failed things. It does seem like Comedy Central and Spike, they really want to find a project for him. And he is a really funny guy, but as far as TV, he hasn't seemed to find that like niche of like, okay, this is a good show he can host. What I, You know, he's, he's a super uh, super nice guy, funny yeah. stand-up. Yeah, he had that
2: late-night yeah. talk show, didn't he? Would introduce, or interview comics and whatnot? I and remember he like had something... Really short-lived. He had
0: a show on Comedy Central, like Friday Night Stand-Up, where he kind of did little bits in between clips of stand-up. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, it, I guess that didn't work out. But then, uh, so we were talking about the challenges where you were an asshole. And then we also did a sample challenge where... The best. Like he was talking about Hide Your Hole, where you had to do something nice. Or actually, sorry, it's... Uh, You had to get someone to do something nice for you. So they tell us, they're like, all right, here's what we got to do. Okay, guys, what we'll do is uh, we get a uh, a body bag that says it's from the morgue, and then we're going to drop you off somewhere, and you're going to have Covered in blood. Yeah, covered in blood, and you're going to have to go around and try to convince people to give you a ride to the junkyard. And we were just like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. We're like, um, all right, I guess so. We're out in front of the 99-cent store, so, so we're they, dealing with the they drop classiest us, of the classy. Yeah, they drop us off in North Hollywood. Uh, me, Rob, and then our other buddy, Walton Jordan. Walt <laughs> Jordan,
2: huge, <laughs> he's like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah,
0: right, but he's kind of intimidating looking because he's a he's a huge black guy, you know. Missing a couple teeth. uh. So he's – if you didn't know Walt, you might be scared of Walt. So it's me, Walt, and Rob yeah. in North Hollywood just dragging around this, this body bag with blood on it. And you can tell it's weird. People's reaction, I don't think – you know,
3: <laughs> they didn't think
0: <laughs> we killed someone, yeah. but they knew something was going on. Like yeah. they were, I would say, suspicious. Some people were like, this has to be for a TV show. A lot of yeah. people were just like –
1: and some some people would even see the cameras in our chests, you know, and it's LA so people know the deal. There they were some people yeah. that were
0: savvy. One Mexican guy was just like, Okay, I gotta go in yeah. the ninety nine cents store, I'll be back to give you a ride. Yeah. I think he was just he was just a super friendly guy. Right. So we're doing this, we're lugging this body bag around, and then you just hear this <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. We look up, you see a police chopper and you're like, Oh, yeah. that's kind of weird. And you see then, him all the time, you never think anything. Right. So right. it's circling your position right about out of nowhere the production van screeches up to the hall they go get in the van get in the van we're like alright they're like grab the dummy too so we <laughs> grabbed it's the like dummy for 150
1: pounds it's, yeah. right
0: that's, the, that's what they don't tell you is this is a 150 pound sack we're just like sweating mixing in with this, this Hollywood blood we're just coated in it we're like doing this for 125 dollars it was really an odd experience Wait, that was their
2: that was their whole plan if the cops showed up was just to screech away in a white yeah. I don't think they van. had
0: a plan and so we get it we get in the van we drive off we get like two blocks then the cop car pulls us over they don't yeah multiple cop cars yeah multiple cop cars the police helicopters just stays over us and we hear get out with your hands up get out with your hands up nothing even like not even you know when you get a speeding ticket they come up with the window they just got on the megaphone drawn yeah guns drawn holy shit the best is we're we're parked, our car's parked right outside. I think a Fantastic Sam's or something. So
2: like, put your hands against the wall. So Rob Just staring into a Fantastic yeah. Sam's. like there's a couple like
0: Mexican guys from North Hollywood getting a fade up, and we're there with our palms pressed uh, against the, the glass. The, the super effeminate producers yeah. freaking out. He's like, we have
1: a permit. We have a permit. Get against the wall. He's trying to pull his permit out. They're shooting, pointing a
0: gun at us. They're like, don't. Don't reach for nothing! <laughs> I'm just oh, telling shit. Walt the entire time, don't go for your wallet, Walt. Don't <laughs> yeah. go for
1: your wallet. And you know what? And then the glass is hot. It's the, it's the hot summer, so... No, it wasn't the summer. It was the winter. But so what? The glass is hot. My hands are feminine. Right.
0: Yeah, yes, no, it was, hands, yeah. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. And that's when I realized... Rob's a good guy. and
2: uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's, when it that's, was, you know, that's when what it was. know, when I realized. Anybody you, will drag a fake body, <laughs> a fake bloody body into a white, unmarked van with
0: you. It was a, it was a really bonding experience. I realized, hey, yeah. Rob's a cool dude. I can hang with Rob. He's, he's from the East Coast. Where, you're originally from Brooklyn? From Brooklyn, New York. Yep. All right. So you grew up in Brooklyn. And uh,
1: when did you come out to L.A.? Well, uh, I've been in L.A. for like three years. But before that, I went to school up in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly. So I've been in California for about six, L.A. for three.
0: Okay, so uh, what brought you out to San Luis Obispo?
1: Went to, Going to school, graphic communication. Think I'm going to be a printer or a salesman of some sort. <laughs> you know, some some job with money and right. a car and, and a suit and stuff. And then uh, got on an improv comedy team called Smile and Nod. Shout out Smile and Nod, San Luis Obispo. Right, Check lot them lot out Saturday nights. Fans, uh, yeah, a lot,
0: lot of them. I know you got a big Smile and Nod following. <laughs> so you, you grew up in Brooklyn and you you were big into graphic design and artwork like that. So I was a thought... graffiti artist. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: a graffiti artist and uh, a, a criminal.
0: Yeah, I was I was bad in Brooklyn. Yeah,
1: I was what bad. part of Brooklyn? Uh, Sunset Park, okay. Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, Arizona. So now, how stuff. do you
0: how's a guy like yourself get into tagging? You just you just picked yeah. up a can and was like, "This is my dream." I just didn't fit in. <laughs> and I needed something really? to do. Seem, you seem no. like a, a guy that would fit in.
1: No, I, it's, I've come a long way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, were you like a shifty character? Like, why didn't you fit in? What What was preventing you? You seem like an average New Yorker, average kid from Brooklyn.
1: Well, if you, we could get social with it. I, I lived in a Puerto Rican neighborhood. Okay. And uh, then my grandparents foot the bill for me to go to a Catholic school in a white neighborhood. All right. So when I'd go to the white neighborhood, they'd call me a wigger back when wigger was a bad thing. Right. And then uh, when I'm back in the Puerto Rican neighborhood, they call me White Boy. So I'm too white for Puerto
0: Ricans and, and uh, too, too Puerto black. Rican for whites. Right. Yeah.
1: Wow. So, so
0: – And then where did tagging come in? It was just uh Yeah, I,
1: did, I went through a ton of phases. I was, uh, I was uh, morbid for a while. I was a skateboarder. I did the gothic thing and all that stuff. And then after a while, uh, all of it merged, and it was like hip-hop, punk rock. Why not write on a wall? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, Kel- I
0: feel like that's how a lot of people slip into the tagging thing. It's more – Hey, let's just hang out. Hey, while we're hanging out, let's just draw <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah.
1: and then, you know, I, I wasn't good at it when I started. It was more about climbing fences, going on rooftops. Just being know, a badass. Yeah, staying rebelling. out all night and high and stuff like that. And then I got good at artwork and started going to school out through the military. I have a story. I have a full right, story. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into
0: it. So what?
1: <laughs> So now you say, when does the military come in? Does that come in? Uh, the mil- I, I was writing graffiti and um, doing bad stuff, selling and doing a lot of bad things. Selling, selling books? cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, used cars. Commodities. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in the rave scene, you know. and uh, <laughs> What
0: scene were you not in? You, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you hung out with Puerto Ricans, yeah. you went to Catholic school, you yeah. weren't raving, you were tagging.
1: I lived a lot of different lifestyles, but that's the way in New York, you know, it's all right. mushed into one little city. But uh, I started... And I was young Had no money And there was no way To get any money So one Christmas We took our Christmas money And we bought an ounce of weed Me and my friend Netto Now wait
0: How old are you at this point? Uh, 15
1: going on 16. Okay. So you're living yeah. at home? Living parent. at home, yeah. Get an ounce of weed with this little Brazilian kid named Neto. Okay. And then we flip the ounce of weed. We have enough money to buy two ounces. All so right. Then, so wait,
0: for my mom listening at home, flip means sell. Sell. Okay. Yeah,
1: break up and sell individual uh, nickel and dime bags. Sure. Riding around skateboards on Brooklyn delivering. And then uh, the other group of kids we skateboarded with, there's like five of us total, we're like, well... Why don't we all just chip in and then we got like a quarter pound and now there's five of us skating around selling and then we got a pound. And then uh, after a while, we got uh, we had weed and a thousand dollars profit, you know, after about six months, which is big. This is you know this is like uh, late nineties, right. Brooklyn, big money, thousand bucks for a seventeen year old, you know,
2: big money for a twenty seven year old, right? Yeah, here. right, yeah. Right. I feel like all of us could <laughs> use. Wait, so I'm going to write this down. You got you got an ounce of weed. <laughs> no
1: <laughs> weed in California. You gotta, if you want to sell weed here, you got to grow pounds and sell it to the shop. Yeah.
0: Yeah right. There's too much competition out <laughs> yeah, right here. with it's legitimate now. Business. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you're sitting on a thousand dollars. You got a thousand bucks and a pound like, of weed. Marijuana 90s. takes too much time and, and effort. To sell and make a big profit. And, you know, boom, late 90s rave scene, ecstasy. Huge in New York at this time. It's the <laughs> pinnacle of ecstasy. I just love how it's, like, it's, yeah.
0: just, it's just logical <laughs> predict,
1: projection. And then ecstasy. Right. So, a thousand bucks at that time, With if you didn't have any connections, that was 100 hits of ecstasy at $10 a piece. And at that time, you could sell them for 20 on the street, 25 in a club. And uh, we went out, and we met up with these uh, – and there was a big crew from Brooklyn called BTS, and they controlled the legal drugs in the street, and, and they sold fake drugs in the rave. So we go to, like, a BTS affiliate to get our 100 pills.
0: Now, this is just – what kind of crew? Like, a, just uh, a crew it's, of dudes, It's just or? a
1: mixed racial gang. It, it's like, you know, it would be the Crips out here, but in New York, it's they don't have gangs because it's not so territorial. Okay. But uh, it's so a crew, a bunch of guys from Brooklyn drugs. who get, together, get okay. together to sell drugs. Young yeah. entrepreneurs. Young entrepreneurs, you know, right. and then, and it also was a graffiti crew to start. Okay. So it also
2: stemmed from graffiti. Future graphic communicators.
1: <laughs> yeah, future <laughs> okay. graphic communicators, you right. All oh, Cal Poly graduates. Gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <This is great. laughs> And then uh, we go out with this affiliate of BTS, and he's supposed to hook us up legit, and my friend goes out with a thousand bucks and comes back with a hundred pills. The only problem is it's a hundred heartburn pills, Tagamet
0: HBs. Oh Jesus!
1: And uh, they're they're shaped as white diamonds, so they scrape off the other side and sold us hundred white diamonds. We think they're white diamond ecstasy. In reality, it's just uh, heartburn medication.
2: So you're there with a hundred. We got a hundred fake pills, fake and ecstasy. now we're down a thousand bucks. And we well, to the right guy at the right time, that's a very valuable valuable pill. You know?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But not twenty-five dollars <laughs> valuable. we the rave. Yeah, that's yeah. some wicked. Yeah. Case he he of could heartburn. get
2: twenty-five of them for twenty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah, on a boat somewhere. You don't know. I mean, yeah, exactly. No shop yeah. Around.
1: Okay, so now what do you do with this so, fake ecstasy? So uh, we got the fake ecstasy. We're down a thousand bucks. We go to the rave, and uh, we go and we sell all the fake ecstasy to people.
2: Just and one, one night?
1: Uh, one n- one it was night? over two weekends, over two raves, if I remember correctly. it was a long time ago. But we did get rid of all of the fake ecstasy. And so this crew, BTS, by beating us, actually introduced us to their scheme of selling to fake ecstasy. To selling drugs. fake ecstasy. And so now we went out and started doing our own research, and then... <laughs>
0: <coughs> Wait, sorry. It just sounds funny. Research. <laughs> I just picture these like... <laughs> Guy with, like, a, a fireplace in a library taking down his glasses. You know what we should do? We don't need to, we don't need to buy the fake ecstasy from them. We can buy our own heartburn right. pills and sell those. Yeah. Put it on the
1: chalkboard. Right. So, but so the, describe the research The process. research was, you know, if this works, it's logic. If this is so, then what else? You know, right. if these pills can be ecstasy, then what else? We go into the – well, uh, it was – um. It was Willworth, uh, Woolworths at the time in New York, but it's like the Walgreens out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just started stealing stuff, you know, shoplifting pills,
0: to taking to them work. home, tasting so them. So you wanted the them. profit so bad, you didn't even. We're not even going to buy the heartburn pills, we'll just steal yeah, them. Fine. Yeah,
1: we stole them, yeah. And then we found out like primatine mist pills, which is like an allergy pill. They have peas with a circle around it and they're yellow, right? You scrape the words off one side, you sell them with the peas, call them Pokemons. If you lick the tip of your pinky, you could press in- inside the circle, and the P will dissolve, and now it's just a circle. And now they're yellow sunshines. So we'd sell Pokemons until they coat on, then turn them into yellow sunshines until they coat on, and then sell. And then like uh, High Times magazine, you could order like pills in- of different shapes that don't do anything. They're herbal remedies, and you know, s- flip them. And so we're out doing that, and this whole time we're out and we're doing the the crew scheme, and they're a big crew. They beat people up, they rob people. We're out there doing that in the clubs, and we get mixed up with them.
0: We get robbed, we get beat up. So, okay, so BTS, they're kind of running. In
1: Brooklyn Terror Squad.
0: Okay, so now (laughs) Brooklyn Terror Squad, they're kind of. They're in the same clubs. They're going to the same things. They yeah. realize yeah. you guys are doing the same scam. And they start to jack
1: us at first. The, you know, they, they choke hold you, and they go in your pockets, uh, and and they beat you up outside. You know, they hit you in the face. And one time we were in a bodega. All right, so we were skateboarding. You know Rob's so- a crazy guy because
0: when he goes, they hit you in your face, he just grins maniacally <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, yeah, good
1: old days. I earned like, that. You know, I earned it. So we were still skateboarders, and now Chad Muska, famous California skateboarder at the time, just released a shoe with a stash pocket in the tongue. And now, we were the only kids who were both skateboarders and drug dealers in the rave scene. So, no one knew. <laughs> it's an interesting
0: niche to come across. No
1: one knew about our stash pockets in our skate shoes. So, they would keep trying to rob us. And they'd get whatever was in our pockets, but the majority of stuff's in our shoe in the stash pocket. Right. And they'd go as far as throwing us on the floor, taking off our shoes.
2: Trying to empty them
1: out. Ripping out the soles underneath the shoes, the insoles. And Jesus there'd be nothing Christ. in there than throwing our shoes at us, thinking, fuck you, you know, we beat you up, and we're laughing inside because we might have taken a beating but i got a thousand bucks in my shoe that you didn't find so one night we're all walking and uh i start flapping i'm like yeah they tried to get us like four times and they didn't even know our stuff was in our shoes Blah 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 and i look over and i see in the car a future friend of mine this kid chinese tony he was half Italian, <laughs> half Chinese.
2: Oh, well, That's such a good name. <laughs> Chinese Tony. <laughs> Explanation not necessary. He we was got
1: half, a, right. half Italian, half Have Chinese. Course. And he would go between accents, so he, if he'd get mad, he'd be like, Hey, guys, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Forget
0: about it.
1: <laughs> so he hears me, and he goes to these other kids, this dude, uh, Sammy the Bull, and uh, Gio, and all these other BTS kids. They follow us into a bodega
0: where we're getting some. So audit. wait, um, sorry, just rewind yeah. real quick. Chinese Tony, you don't know Chinese Tony. Not at this yet. Time? We
1: don't know him at this time.
0: Okay, but he's just hanging out and he overheard you talking Flapping about how, about what's in my how shoes. How these BTS guys keep trying to rob you
1: and can't pull it off. Yeah. So they follow us into the bodega and they know the stuff's in our shoes. And they
0: they. No wait, sorry, real quick. Is Chinese Tony in BTS? Yeah, he's in, already in BTS. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's a he's a member of BTS yeah. that you don't know. That of. we don't
1: know yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they follow us in the bodega, and this one dude, Sammy the Bull, he's, and it's not the real Sammy the Bull, but that's what his, his little name he's that he took. He's another BTS yeah, guy. Another BTS Chinese guy. Okay. Right, with Chinese Tony. They follow us in, he's wearing batting gloves, right? He comes in. <laughs> of course. He <laughs> takes off one of his batting gloves, walks up to my friend Gary, and smacks him in the face <laughs> with the glove. <laughs> like a duel. <laughs> and he says, take off your shoes. <laughs> It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Grayson, I'm getting robbed, but I want to laugh. I want to You just smacked him in the face with a glove, you know? And throughout the whole thing, they went through our shoes again, couldn't find anything. He smacks him in the face <laughs> with the glove a second time, walks out. So we still have all our stuff. I didn't get hit. But he got smacked twice with a glove. Oh and I God. always wondered, like, why didn't you just smack me once? You could have split it up, gave us yeah. each a smack, <laughs> but you gave him a hello and a goodbye. Right. He
0: just, I guess he didn't like his face. He's a southern gentleman. Yeah, southern so, – we're going to do now. Okay, so now you got – you just got, I don't know what you would say, batting glove whipped in a yeah. bodega. Yeah, right.
1: All right, so now, you know, this goes on for a little while. Did he? Wait, is there, like, a batting cage down the street, or is that just his <laughs> No. No, back, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s in New York – the, the gangsters in the streets would wear batting gloves so they wouldn't leave prints anywhere, and so you could punch people in the face without cutting your knuckles. Okay. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay, so they kind of they pseudo rob you in the sense that uh, they yep. try to rob you, they don't they don't do anything at the bodega, and then but yeah, so they're kind of on to you at this they're, point. They're they know it's in point. the shoes somewhere. They, we,
1: they know what's going on. So uh, you know, so through a, a few random occurrences, we end up traveling to a rave in New Hampshire. And just totally random, one of the big BTS kids, his name's Chaos, gets in the car with us. He carpools with us. Just random friends know each other. So we meet our first BTS member. And then uh, I find out that a kid that I used to play baseball with, Paulie Porkchops, rest in peace. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, I did <laughs> you know, the the rest in peace throw me off. I
1: was laughing at the poly pork chops. Yeah, poly pork chops, right? He he's also BTS. And I know him for 10 years. So, so
0: poly pork chops, another BTS yeah, guy. Yeah. Somehow. So get now I know here. two of them. I know two
1: of them. So we make a deal where we're like, you know, we already know the whole thing. We don't need to learn anything about fake drugs. We're gonna do this no matter what. How about we cut you in a little bit, and and then we start saying, we I'm, I'm selling for chaos. I'm selling for poly pork chops. We get left alone. And uh, we get to sell, and at the end of the night, we give them 100 bucks or something. And so, through that, we start to network with the BTS kids, and we start to. So, get- a kind of a truce is drawn. Yeah. Basically saying. Well, it couldn't be a truce because we couldn't fight back. It was right. like they just stopped beating us up for money. So, you agreed to a tax to, for the BTS kids? Yes. yes. Yep, okay. we started so paying the tax. Chaos and,
2: and poly the the Pork Chop. Poly Pork Chop <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Chaos. going to their wing. Yeah. Chaos a.k.a.
1: Duane a.k.a. Lawrence. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Again, redundant. It's all, it's all very clear. The- yeah. <laughs> This so, sounds like a badly written sketch. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody who knows nothing about gang. Right. Like, really this is, really my the yeah. <laughs> this okay, is my life. I would write.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so I'll the take truth. Us from so there. then we start going out to BTS functions under protection. We start meeting people, and then Gary starts uh, dating a BTS girl. And then I start. I, I was a good graffiti writer at the time, so they wanted me to start putting up BTS and all my tags because I would represent well for the crew. And then we just start to get to know everyone, and uh, we went on like that for a few years. And uh, their whole rave scene started to deteriorate because people were either stopping ecstasy, they weren't doing as much drugs, mm. or they were—they knew now there were websites going up about us. Like, their detail magazine did a spread on the gang and on BTS? documentary.
0: We were, yeah. So it, you guys kinda kind of became, drugs. yeah. So, so you guys kind of became members of BTS. Yeah, we
1: were members of BTS. I had—I got a BTS tattoo five years after the stories that I'm telling you now. Yeah. Jesus. And then I got it covered up. <laughs> because After the Details
0: it. magazine came out. I with got a out Crips it. Tattoo. So now what's the what's the end game of being involved in this? You say it's slowly <laughs> starting to decline, people are slowly catching on to you. Yeah. Uh the well the end game is as with any
1: gang, you either go to jail, you die, or you get out of it. And so we were watching people die, we were watching people go to jail. So me and my best friend Gary, we got out of it. You know, I went into the military, he started going to school and uh when So it, now what you you join the Air Force Reserves. Air Force Ugh. Reserves. The, as the a way to just gang. say yeah.
0: Say, hey, I'm I was trying to gang. get out of
1: Brooklyn and get off drugs. Yeah. I hope th- this isn't funny at all. This no, is no, no, no. It's dude. really interesting. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, it's How old were you at the time?
2: Then twenty? Were you twenty-one? Eighteen?
1: Uh, yeah, I was uh, nineteen, going on twenty. So it was so like from, four years of So basically, BCS. your entire high school
0: and then college. Just and kind then, of then two been, years
1: after high school, yeah. Because I'm September, so I was seventeen when I got out of high school. Me. So yeah. Like.
0: So the just those couple years, and in high school, you're just kind of messing around, hanging yep. out in the rave scene. Yeah, well we were 100% serious. We didn't have jobs. I used to um,
1: tell my mother, now, "What
0: yeah, what did your mom say? Were you still living yeah. at home the entire yeah. time? Did and you I, come I, home
1: I, with nice things for her like a nice bracelet?" One time
0: I took Slip her car you. to
1: a rave and then I smashed it. $5,000 worth of damage. Jesus. Came home and gave her $5,000 cash. And, and said, what did "Go your mom pay say? for it." Uh, well, I was lying to her the whole time and I was saying that um I was a vendor. And that I was going out and selling T-shirts and water and candy at the raves, and we were over overcharging, which they do—they ten right. bucks a bottle of water in a rave. So she thought we were making all that money, but I was selling fake drugs. And uh, I just handed her five G's, like here, fix your car, mom.
0: Now, what do you think the most you ever made in like a period? What
1: did you ever have a big score? <laughs> uh, big score. It's funny that you put it that way, because we always used to call it a score, and like. uh... Like we'd have stuff in the streets Where like You know what happened to us Where we got sold Fake hundred hits We'd set up scores like that With kids from all over the east coast You know from Ballsy like, man yeah. And uh Me I wasn't really good at that sort of thing Cause I'm kind of introverted I'm not good at talking Talking it up You know So like my biggest score Was like two thousand bucks In a weekend You know but I knew, I knew kids who did like $10,000, $20,000 scores. Yeah. And just selling fake ecstasy. Or, or robbing people like saying uh, <laughs> well like you know you try to sell fake to a point so you're saying like I have a thousand pills you set up a deal for a month with a guy it's like doing a long sale for like a you know a copy machine. You know you're talking to someone for a month and eventually you show up with this copy machine but they know it's a fake copy machine so then you put
0: a gun to their head or a knife to their throat and just so take, take Take this money. goddamn copy <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah. Alright so now you luckily you were Able to get at it, get into the Air Force. How long how long did you serve in the Air Force, or you did the Air Force Reserves? I did Air Force Reserves, and uh, I did six years total enlistment.
1: Three years was full time. So now, the, okay, so you go to uh, so you get join Air Force Reserves. Yeah, I go I join the Air Force Reserves, I go, they go send down you to out Texas. To, okay, you go. Then to I Texas. go I go down to uh, Mississippi and I do training. I learn how to fix airplanes and stuff like that. And then uh, and then I go back to Brooklyn. And so when I get back to Brooklyn now. I had been away for a year and a half working full time, and they have awesome hookups for military members with unemployment. So I get back, and now I'm like 21. Mm-hmm. I'm just able to drink in the in the bar, and I have full unemployment for three years. <laughs> for three years, the max Rob, unemployment. Rob's eyebrows are just like <laughs> so high. It, just, it was lit
0: up like a Christmas tree. Well, full I, I, unemployment, I, guys.
1: I didn't know it at the time, but I it was the best time of my life thus far as far as not having to do anything you know <laughs> like of course it's not the most satisfying of lifestyles but right I didn't have to do anything I had the max unemployment for three years they couldn't touch it then they were giving me 700 bucks a month to go to school so now I'm making you know I'm making like 30,000 bucks a year and not working one day that's awesome now and all I did was do drugs that's all I did and go so to school and in New York? York in New York and, and then how do you get out to San Luis Obispo you um,
2: probably heard about his uh, activity
1: I was going to New York City Technical College and I was a model student. I used to go in go to class then go into the bathroom do ketamine right? sniff ketamine then go back to class sit down and then everyone would copy my homework <laughs> and I For would some, look around and think how failed is the public school <laughs> system that I'm in this community
0: college high on drugs and everyone's copying my homework <laughs> I doubt you were the only one if it was a community college, yeah. or just any college in general. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, some, some guy out there is kicking himself that oh my god, I thought Rob was the model student. <laughs> yeah, but I got good grades, and
1: then uh, one day I had a teacher walk in and said, listen, if you guys want to go to a good school for graphic communication, Cal Poly is the place to go. I went home that night, applied, three months later I was in California. There was no planning, no preparation, it was apply, get in, be gone. That was it. So I, then I, you
2: I, I was a peer counselor at my high school. I uh, joined ASG <laughs> uh, in j- junior year. I, I tried to do a debate team uh, in order to. Uh, I should have just been dealing drugs or dealing. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, we both ended up in the same <laughs> spot. Yeah, I know. We're, we're all here. in the same
0: I feel the same way. I was an honor student. I was in the honor society. You know, granted, yeah. I still party a lot, but I did all did all that. Never sold any fake ecstasy. Went Wait, to, I'll tell you now. The only
1: reason I could be so honest with it now is because I do none of those things anymore. Right. I'm a. Total little bitch right now. I follow all laws except for maybe I, I, I fake my food stamp
0: applications and stuff. like that <laughs> Well, hopefully no one at the food stamp office is listening to this program. They're I not. It. I, I doubt they can afford it. Well, that's a fascinating life. So then you're at San Luis Obispo. Yeah. You graduate graphic arts, and then for yeah. the past three years you've been down in
1: LA. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was out there and I started doing improv comedy, smiling and nod, and uh, I was like, you know, I this is what I want to do. You know, you. I'm sure you guys had an epiphany at some point. Right. And that was when it, ha- it happened to me. And I was like, I don't want to sell anything. I don't want to wear a suit and tie. And uh, so I had this idea that I would come down here and I'd get this sales job. And I'd work for a year. And uh, I would save up a bunch of money. And
2: a I'd... Jackson Prilose. <laughs> Lick my finger. Rub off the pee. <laughs> He's working for Merck. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: and, uh, and like I had a job offer and everything. And it was, they were going to give me $48,000 a year. Ka-ching. Straight out of college, plus 700 a month for your car. Oh, wow. Car money. I was making money right out, you know? And uh, I couldn't pass the background check. So there's the whole BTS years coming uh-huh. to bite you in the butt. Now,
0: so you said you couldn't pass the background check. When yeah. you're telling the stories, you never said anything about getting caught. Did What was your yeah. closest call as far as violence or getting arrested from your years in the, the ecstasy game? Uh, it's, it's hard to tell these stories without sounding like you're
1: proud of it. Or showing off, but sure. uh, like I've had guns pulled on me a number of times. Like, I have an arch enemy in New York. Really? That Yeah, that wants to kill me. Still? Still, yeah. And then, uh, like, I've, I've been locked up a bunch of times. I got locked up in San Luis Obispo. Now,
0: know. what did you get in trouble for in uh, in New York? Was it just fighting, stuff it was, like that? Uh, mostly? Like,
1: so, for over the years, they had a file on my graffiti name, and then I had some problems with kids in the neighborhood, and they got arrested for graffiti, and they ratted me out to get themselves out of trouble. And then they started coming, harassing, ringing my mom's doorbell. And I didn't live there; have had my own apartment at the time. But they were harassing my mother, trying to find me. So I ended up turning myself in. And then, yeah. Okay, so a lot
0: of those. Now, sorry, I I kind of glazed over this. You said you had a gun pulled on you, and one of these deals gone bad. I've never had a gun pulled on me. What is your first? Well, you, you did have a gun pulled on you. With oh me. yeah, right. <laughs> by by a police <laughs> well, officer. Right, yeah. right. I guess I guess it was very fearful. But now, what do you what do you think when you get robbed? With a uh, gun, point blank range. Well, uh, What's ne- your first thought? I never got robbed with a gun, but I had the gun pulled on me out of
1: sheer violence. Like the person wanted to, to kill me. So like, you, obviously you think they're gonna kill you. you you're completely scared. And uh, in one instance, I saw the gun come out and I just ran. I turned around and ran for my life, literally. And as I was running away, my back started to hurt because my imagination was going so wild. I thought you I was getting visualized by bullets. or you think I, I felt. The burning in my back, and I felt blood drip down my back.
0: Crazy. And but no, they didn't shoot one shot. Now, after the first guns drawn at you, what keeps you back in that? Keeps you going back? What keeps? <laughs> Did you see Hurt Locker?
2: <laughs> no, I didn't. Actually. Every day he draws a gun at himself now. <laughs> Rod has to, he needs <laughs> that adrenaline <laughs> rush.
1: Is that what it was? Is that was? No, absolutely not. I didn't like it not one bit. But you're just in the lifestyle, you know. It's uh. I was I was a young kid, and I was dumb, and you get caught up in the lifestyle, you get brainwashed, because you're in this crew, and they accept you, you know what I'm saying, you're part of something, you go out together, you party together, same girls, same fights, there's always someone that has your back, it's like being in the military, or being in the honors society, right,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I still, uh, I don't know if I have any arch enemies left from the, uh, Freedom High
2: School Honor yeah. Society. Yeah, at Macaroni Grill. If you uh, if you order the house wine, they just put a giant jug on your table, and they say <laughs> just keep track of how many glasses you drink. Right. And I I never report all of them. <laughs> you're pre- you're pretty badass. Yeah. And once you do that once, like, well, then you're in. Macaroni Grill yeah. does have a file on you, Nick. I don't know if
1: you know yeah. this, but <laughs>
2: and not, one of your your grill
1: enemies is gonna get caught and rat you out to get out. Oh,
2: fuck. Oh, not so me that's... though. It's, it's Nicky, Nicky Chicken Feet. <laughs> okay, Nicky yeah, Chicken. <laughs> that's my nomiker at Macaroni Grill. Nicky Chicken Feet. So, do you think um. I'm just going to break
0: it down psychologically. Was there something at home that kind of made you go out and find this whole separate life? Was there something
1: that was. I haven't heard much about his
2: father yet. (laughs) So maybe. uh, Dad didn't didn't
1: play
0: baseball with you?
1: He did. Actually, my dad was the coach of my baseball team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, Uh, totally right. Great, great (laughs) message.
1: Great message to parents. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, my parents weren't together, but, you know, whose parents are together right. these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my dad's a good dad, my mom's a good mom. I just, you know, if you want to go out and do something, you will go out and do it. I went to Catholic school all the way through high school. I got good grades, a great education. You know, I was
0: smart, I did well, I had a ton of sports. But now being older, there isn't anything you can look back and say psychologically, oh, I was rebelling against this, oh, I was really uh, being held... You- being uh, put down yeah. or something I was, what were you it was just trying against? to fit in that it was, was, was just pure, really, it was purely not having a place to fit in that's what, I think I, that's I think that's an interesting thought it's, I don't think women understand testosterone like as a young <laughs> as a young guy you need to just break yeah. stuff you need yeah. to burn stuff yeah. you need to just do just random crap up. like and that and you need other guys around you to tell you it's cool Like right. you, know? you need to beat other guys up or smash stuff and the, the idea you know that's where group sports comes in or something yep. like that Hopefully trying to channel it to yeah. the point, you know, that you're not killing people or, yeah. or stuff like that. And people say weed's not a gateway drug. For me, it was. It absolutely was.
2: Yeah, for a lot of people, it's totally a gateway yeah. drug. Totally. Well, it's just like the first drug you're introduced to. So if you're, having like affluent, if you're uh, into yeah. drugs, and like, that's the first one you take. And
0: right, you yeah, I in. guess gateway so. drug, it's always going to be the first drug. Or, I mean... Honestly, it's probably alcohols, alcohol. the yeah. The literal right. gateway drug. That's yeah. the first time you take something and wow, I feel different. Or even cigarettes. Yeah. You know, you well, even before feel,
2: that, Vicks VapoRub, and then yeah. you are drinking a that. whole bottle of
1: Robitussin. Oh, Robo tripping. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, very fascinating there, uh, Rob. We're gonna take a quick commercial read, and we'll come back uh, do a little uh, current events here, and uh, stay with us, guys. We got a lot going on. All right, man. My heart's racing. Feel like uh, feel like we got some good stories out of Rob. <laughs> and uh, you know where you can find many great stories? You can find them in film and television. And where can you buy those things that they have in film and television? Well, that's Amazon. You can. And how do you get there? You go to SeanTGreen.com You click the Amazon link and uh, look at what we got going on here. We got Mad Men season three, only twenty eight ninety nine. We got The Dark Knight on Blu-ray, DVD. Or Blu-ray, I'm sorry, $14.99. And uh, for you performers out there, you guys in show business, the HD mini flip is only 150 bucks. 60 minutes, real simple. I don't know if you're into any of that kind of stuff, but you just set up the little camera, good to go. 60 minutes, HD quality. That's all you got to do. Go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon link, and you're ready to go. All right, and we're back. Thank you guys for uh, staying tuned with the
2: green room. That's a great price for the HD Mino, Mino Mino Flip. I have the regular Mino Flip. I paid about 180 bucks for it.
0: Right. Mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah so I've heard I've heard great things with it. And it's real it simple, real easy to use. Well, let's see. Uh, we were talking about how Rob was a badass through the first part <laughs> of there. And another badass is in trouble. I don't know if you guys heard this, but DMX got arrested and uh, he had a little altercation in the courtroom.
3: Troubled rapper, DMX, was in a Miami-Dade courtroom this morning for an extradition hearing. But the rapper, whose real name is Earl Simmons, was not
2: happy when the judge told him. First off, I love how they
0: <laughs> always, every news report has to give out the rapper's yeah. real name, like, whose real name is Earl.
2: To, to take him down a notch. Just, right,
0: yeah. to put him in the place, like, right. oh, the system owns you, DMX. <laughs> he was not
3: happy when the judge
0: told him he'd be Staying in the Miami Day Jail. <laughs> uh, he was not happy. As if they're surprised. Like yeah. what other emotion do you expect? D- Dmx yeah. is insanely angry when he's rapping on his platinum <laughs> album. He's insanely angry when he's making a hundred yeah. grand to make a barking sound yeah. effects. Yeah. You think he's gonna be any happier when he's put in jail for Christ's sake? For another month. <laughs> Okay. I love how he tells the judge yeah. it's kinda of hard to hear, but he it's not really why I pulled the clip, but he just goes, I ain't going back there, fuck you with Oh, well that just ingratiated you to me. <laughs> I've never heard the F word before, so I love this just super sarcastic, condescending <laughs> yeah. judge. isn't the judge supposed to be the one that's kinda of impartial and
1: Yeah. And is this the same judge every time he tries to get
0: out of jail? He's just cursing at him? Maybe that's why he keeps going back every month, you know? Oh, I haven't heard that word, but he sounds like a substitute teacher. Oh, it's okay. The judge then warned. If I was DMX, I'd, I'd try to take him literally. Like, hey, the judge said it was okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said, yeah. hey, read the report back.
2: Read the court report back. Hey, how old are you? You haven't heard the F word before? That's
1: crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about how DMX has never told a lie in any rap song. <laughs> if you're going to give it up for anyone, give it up for DMX for being true to form, still smoking crack, still in jail, never
0: told a lie. Keep it real. He does keep it real. He's a truest. All he does is hang out with his dog, smoke crack. He got arrested. He was high on crack and on an ATV. This guy is keeping he, it real. He
1: was arrested back in New York a few years ago for impersonating an FBI agent. <laughs> he had lights on his car. He pulled over another car going to JFK Airport, got out, flashed a badge, and tried to, like, arrest somebody. How high on crack do you have to be where you're like, the cops won't get me? If I am a cop,
2: you know, there's a weird down when you're at Radio Shack buying like roof mounted magnet lights. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. don't you like halfway through that process, you're like, you know what? Wait, this is this is not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, it's one of those it's all. one
0: of those stories where I don't want to actually see how the story played out. I want to see the planning session for that. Like, exactly. I want to see yeah. DMX right after the crack pipe yelling at his dogs, going, "You don't show me! I, I'm the FBI! I'm gonna do this!" Oh man! <laughs> uh, and just to the, just the end off the report, I think. Simmons' lawyer that the rapper better not curse in the courtroom again. <laughs> Simmons was arrested at a Walmart on 163rd Street earlier this month. And still shopping at Walmart, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's where you got to get the blue light and all the other. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you know. It'd be a cop. Or I'm a looking dog for a 12 catcher. volt adapter for this uh, novelty <laughs> cop light. I need to plug it into a regular DC current. The Radio Shack employee has no idea what's hit him. (laughs) He's tugging into a
1: shoulder-mounted radio. No one's responding. still having a full conversation.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. God bless DMX. He keeps it real. (laughs) Well, let's see. We got another rapper here, a little news. This is a little old, but I I, I just enjoy making fun of this guy. I guess he's more R&B, but this is Chris Brown on the uh, Mojo Morning Show uh, talking about Tiger Woods.
3: Personal life is his personal life. Like nobody has the right to, to place judgment or make or make any judgment on somebody else's personal life when <laughs> I obviously he's gonna yeah. take this stance on the issue. <laughs> they're not directly involved with them. Like they might be a fan or might support what they're doing. It's funny how he's trying to give an impartial
0: opinion on the Tiger Woods, but clearly he's just substituting it for his own situation.
3: But like it's it's he he plays golf. Like that's his sport, that's his hobby, that's his love, that's what people love him for. They don't love him. For the other stuff that they talk talking about. Like, so I think, I think even with me, like, I do music, I sing songs, like, like I'm an entertainer, I'm a performer, but people make mistakes. I think people have to realize that. Every-
0: <laughs> That's the problem, is people aren't realizing that people make mistakes. I love oh. how they put it on everyone else. You don't understand. Yeah. People are human. They make mistakes. Yeah. Rob made mistakes. We've made mistakes. But the, the idea is... We still call them out as mistakes. We don't say they never happened and yeah. expect people to not bring them up. They're called mistakes, <laughs> and you get made fun of for fucking making mistakes. And now every time I think of Tiger Woods, I, I think about banging white
3: girls.
1: Right. And I never would have thought that connection would have been <laughs> going on in my head, ever. You know?
3: Everybody's human, and uh, the, the, the good thing is if you learn from your mistakes, then... then that's that's a part of life, and I think that's a part of, of yeah. living and learning from mistakes and, and becoming a better person and growing from situations. So, my hat goes is off to him. Like, I, I'm a, <laughs> my yeah. hat's off to him.
2: Yeah. Take it off. My hat. Oh. too much. Yeah, that's too much. Uh, applaud,
3: applaud. My <laughs> hey, hat's off to him. It's all
1: just a part of living, which is a part of life, which is a part of getting up and hey, living. Rob. And Rob. Yeah, that's the good yeah. thing about it, yeah. life. Yeah, I get yeah.
3: it. You're just being human, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like, uh, I support him. I hope he gets back on the on the on the field and, and does his thing because he On is the, the field. Best yeah, exactly. Would you
0: ever reach out to him just to just to say, Hey, man, you know, I'm Praying for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the interviewer? This
0: is, mo- I think it's Mojo. I'm guessing it's just this heavyset white guy who who holds down the top 40 uh, DJ ah, position. Okay. Right. <laughs> Could he be more patronizing? So you, yeah. I know how you uh, black folks like yeah, to you pray. Call pray. you yeah. call, yeah, you call pray pray up him up and say, uh, "Hey, taga I'm praying for you." What are you gonna and, say at the next day? Hanging yeah. there.
3: I mean, yeah, but I think I think at this at this point, I think it's just uh, he. I think he has a lot of that going right now, and and also it's just it's just uh I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a fan from the back. Like I don't want to place myself too far into it. Right. Well, stuff. you, soon, you as they, soon as soon as I say something, they're gonna put me on the front page of news. And, oh, Chris hits the Tiger Woods, and, and <laughs> that's
2: exactly
0: what I'm
3: doing right now. <laughs> and and it's a bigger story than what it needs to be. Like, you know.
0: Chris Brown on with us right now. You know it's funny, Chris, by the way, uh, the, the CD, the uh, the album Graffiti, it, it has got a, a crap load of hits, and I was asking <laughs> a program director. <laughs> Could there be any more just insane amount of ass-kissing this DJs trying to pull? A, yeah. Oh, Chris, this just got a crap load he, of hits, he, he
1: found a way to use the word crap in the same sense as his album without without <laughs> yeah. getting yelled at Yeah, part. exactly.
0: It's a-, <laughs> it's a crappity-crap, crap, <laughs> crap, crap, crap load of hits. Jesus Christ. I know about being a DJ and kissing celebrity ass, but for Christ's sake, have, some, have some, if you're going to do an interview about this, have some, have some impartial ability. Why is this song not have more hits? And he was saying that there, he thinks that there's some guys that are holding out, uh, unlike us, on playing some of you. <laughs> Wants to point out, unlike us, we're, we're we were, playing it. We were behind you in this domestic abuse case. Yeah. Your songs, because, holding grudges. Holding grudges. <laughs> yeah. oh, what a bitch! Yeah, I, I, she's a woman. I'm sure she's held some grudges in her day. Yeah. <laughs> what, what would you say about that? Do you think that you're that you're getting fairly treated by some of the the radio guys? Um. Uh,
3: honestly, no. Like, I'll be honest, with you. y'all getting the, the the real me. But I mean, all right, that's enough,
0: Chris right. Brown. I. I, I do enjoy uh, talking shit on guys
1: like Who doesn't guy? just beat the hell out of their woman's face every once in a while? Yeah, everybody makes <laughs> what mistakes. What is this guy thinking? Everybody makes Rob,
0: mistakes. Rob, we're all human, right? Yeah, we're yeah. all human.
1: We're just living life and walking and living living life mistakes and forgiveness. If and he right. didn't
0: hit
2: you in the
1: face, you have no right to,
0: to judge him. Yeah, right. Music. You haven't walked he's a mile in his shoes. You're right. He's an entertainer. You're a fan of his stuff. Yeah. I love how he's just talking to all these fans that supposedly exist. Oh, man. Well... Since we're talking about women, I played this, uh, the original commercial a few weeks back and really enjoyed it. This is, have you seen the Jimmy Johnson, his Extends campaign? Jimmy Johnson, NFL football coach, won, uh, I think he won two Super Bowls, won a national championship at Miami. Very well-respected coach, and now he's a very, he's on Fox pregame show, which is the number one show for the NFL pregame the the rating share they get is through the roof he's on that as as a commentator and he signed up with this extends commercial and it's not even like a one-time commercial this is a broad extends campaign so this is another this is the latest commercial of jimmy johnson's extends campaign he's with another guy who i think is a nascar guy but this is them mixing it up on the extends commercial
2: we're here to tell you about extends the number one male enhancement tablet the simple tablet that can maximize you know jimmy i think most of the people watching know about (laughs) extends by now
0: why are you advertising? Oh, I, think, I, I think most of the people already know about yeah. this product that we're going to talk about, all right? Yeah, uh, I- tuning out right then
2: you see extends everywhere it's on TV billboards magazines they sponsor race cars fighters yeah you're right (laughs) okay you got me All right. (laughs) I love the
0: fighters like could there be an otter association MMA look at these guys in their ground and pound brought to you by extends
2: people know extends has sold over a billion tablets been on the market for almost 10 years why are we here well we could let guys know that extends is not about being inadequate or lacking anything it's about maximizing what you already have. Nice. I know I something like about huh. taking things from good to great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now I'm, I'm all about selling out, guys. Don't get me wrong. If someone offers me a paycheck, I'm going to sell out. Don't get me wrong. But he's already making a, a an assload of money. And to take his whole storied franchise, of, of a storied career of coaching. And he turned around Miami's program. He brought the Cowboys back into prominence. He's one of the... You know, people would argue, obviously I'm an Eagles fan and I hate it, but people would argue he's one of the better NFL coaches of all time and he's using that just for the analogy to sell this boner medicine.
2: Well, it's because it's for the love of the product. You see, when you <laughs> yeah. get behind a product so much, well, listen, the guys, not we there. could sit here and talk
1: about Extends, but we're not going to talk about how Extends owns a part of the moon.
2: Right? Hey, exactly. Rob, you, you got some Extends that you can sell to us right now? <laughs> yeah, I got fake Extends. <laughs> you yeah. oh, okay. go home later and be right. mad at me. All right. And that's what Extends can do for guys. It can take an average or good thing and make it great.
3: If you call now, we'll send you a week's supply of extends absolutely free. All you pay for is the postage stamp and we'll also send you an invitation to have dinner with Jimmy Johnson yes. at an upcoming extends
0: dinner event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now people, people out there listening to this program, whatever you guys have to do if there's anyone out there that's willing to somehow Figure out a way to get me to this Jimmy Johnson dinner extends event. Boner I will go dinner. there and I will I will cover <laughs> it for everyone. I want to I want to start a campaign to get me at the Jimmy Johnson dinner
2: it, extends event. It's not a campaign, man. Just write the number down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. go every up. Week's I got, supply. buy some extends. <laughs> yeah. go get a degree. They laid it out pretty clear. <laughs> right, it is
0: it is surprisingly simple. I have a feeling it's like girls gone wild though. Once you give them your credit card, right. they just yeah, keep sending like, you the extends bills. You can't you can't cut them off and then you're sucked into the Extends Lifestyle. Well, guys, what a show, man. What a show. What a program. Thanks for sitting in, Nick. Uh, Absolutely. Nick Rutherford,
2: where can people check you out? I can go to nickrutherford.com. It's
0: the best place to do it. All right. We'll do that. And, uh, Rob, thanks for coming in
2: as well. Thanks for having me. And
0: where where
1: can people check you out? Povertyacomedy.com. Or come down to Klepto Comedy at the Comedy Store at 830 on Sunday.
0: All right, sounds good. And uh, we're here live in the green room every Thursday, 8 o'clock. Next week, I'll be uh, broadcasting live from South by Southwest, or at least have some clips from there. So make sure you tune into that uh, next Thursday, 8 o'clock, LA Talk Radio. <laughs>